Welcome to Divine Downloads. I'm your host, Cassandra Bodzak, and today I have a special guest, Kate House, with us, the host of the Live by Design podcast. She's a health coach, educator, and many people call her the happiest person they know. And her mission in life is to live by design and not default, default, and to encourage you each step of the way as well. So I am sure that you guys know already why I love Kate's mission as someone that's created a program called Divinely Design Your Life. I am a big advocate that we get to be the designers of our experience here, and I can't wait to share Kate and her beautiful wisdom with you today. We are diving in with Kate House. I am super excited um, to chat with you today. We're actually going to do a double feature episode. She'll be able to listen to me on Kate's podcast, Live by Design. And for those of you that are listening, you know how aligned this is just by the name of her podcast, because my main program is Divinely Design Your Life. I'm always talking about designing your life. So when I saw that, not only do you have a podcast all about being the designer of your life, but also that, you know, you do women's circles and you do coaching and, and that's like the main message um, of what you're putting out into the world. I am just all about it. So welcome to the show, Kate. Oh, thank you so much. It is such a pleasure to be here. Like you said, when I started listening to your show, I was like, we have to have a conversation because we are just so in alignment on so many things. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. So so let's kick it off with what was that moment for you? I know I read about it, uh, but I want you to share with the listeners because I think a lot of our listeners are going to resonate with your moment where you kind of took that leap and said, okay. And I love that you actually had that moment and I'm I'll get out of the way and let you talk. But I loved when I read this um, on your website about you really had that moment and you realized this is a choice, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yeah. so just, I'll hush and let you tell the story. <laughs> I love it. No, I your enthusiasm is like palpable for what you do and the people that you serve. It's so beautiful to behold. So I love it. I am here for enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, I. you know, it's so funny. I growing up was always a really good student in school, um, you know, in high school and college, I got the first job after school out of like my friend group, like all of those things. And I didn't know it at the time, but for the first 25 years of my life, I was really people pleasing. And I was, I was really just living up to the expectations that others had for me. And I was good at it, but I got to 25 and I have what I kind of jokingly called my quarter life crisis because I was, I was just giving everything to my job. I didn't understand or have the, like the tools yet to create healthy boundaries around my work. And so at no fault of the people I was working with, they're incredible people. They're on my Christmas card list. Like I love these people, but I was just so burnt out. I was having these like stress induced nightmares about my email crashing at work. And I would wake up like hyperventilating. I was like, I'm only 25. Like this should not be happening. And it slowly, you know, it was wearing on me and wearing on me. And then one day I was sitting and having a conversation with my husband and and by sitting and having a conversation, I mean, I was like bawling because I was just like, just a ball of stress. And he looked at me and he was like, babe, I wish there was something I could do to help. And that's when I realized like, holy moly, like no one can change this, but me. And if I'm not changing this, like I'm actually choosing this. And I was like, if I woke up 
and knew that I had the choice to do this or not, I, I would not be feeling the way that I feel like emotionally and mentally and even physically, you know, I wasn't working out as much because I wasn't, you know, keeping that, that time sacred for myself. And I was stressed. So I was eating all of the delicious things that, you know, they're delicious, but they're not great for your health. And I just had that moment where I was like, it has to change. And, and that's really where live by design and not default is kind of like my, my tagline um, that I don't actually put anywhere, but <laughs> live by design, not default. It's, it's all about like taking ownership of your day and ha- knowing that you have agency. Cause so often I, I think we go through life just thinking it's happening to us. Yeah. And I'm like, right. But like, what if we actually took some of the control back? Absolutely. And I think, you know, I know so many of my listeners and um, a lot of people have been in that moment, whether they're in that moment now, or they've been in that moment in the past where they're like, oh, like, I'm so stressed. I'm not aligned with this job. I feel like I need this job. I want, I want to hear what was your thought? Was there a thought in your head about, because I, I know I hear this a lot in my students and my clients is like, they feel like they don't have a choice because of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A thought that you had to process. For sure. I think the only redeeming thing about my situation was that I was working for a nonprofit. And when I was offered my position, right, as like a fresh college graduate, they made an offer and I like didn't counter. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> yes, that sounds great. And I was like, that's totally. And it was, it was, it was a very um, introductory level salary. And so it was actually an advantage in the end because I was able to step away from that. And I went into becoming a yoga instructor because that at that time, oh, I just love teaching yoga. And at that time I was finding a lot of joy in practicing yoga. And I had had this thought in my mind for months, like how to become a yoga instructor. Like I was Googling it and looking up the programs and, and how, yeah. what does that actually look like? And, and, you know, what kind of money do you actually make doing that? And I realized like, oh, well, I don't make much right now. So even if like I start off and I have to teach a bunch, um, I, I will still be break, like coming out even basically. And so that was actually a gift in a way because yeah. I was able to be like, okay. Yeah, like I'm, <laughs> let's uh, yeah. try this. And I find that, I find that that, you know, sometimes that is the case when you look at the, whatever the job is that you're working right now, that you're not super enthused at, you're like, oh, this is stability. Oh, this is like safety. Right. But then you actually look at how much you're making every two weeks. And if you think about it from that perspective, like how could I replace whatever is coming in the mail every, or in your direct deposit every two weeks or whatnot. Right. It's a whole different conversation. And there's actually so many creative possibilities you know, I would even venture to say like in your live by design concept, if you were in that situation, but wanted to stay, you could choose to stay at that job for an X amount of time while you were getting your certification or whatever, you know, something like that. But it's a completely different energy when you're just like, deciding like I'm doing this because it's actually funding this or helping me start this right yeah and you're like clear about that a hundred percent and I even took a job as a Lululemon ambassador for about six months when I made my transition from like full-time salaried employee to teaching yoga full-time because I you know I needed that time of like I need to take the, the classes I need to practice teaching and I taught like 
everywhere and anywhere. Like I taught at this one YMCA where God bless her. This woman, Kathy was my only yin yoga student for six months. And I, oh. I, oh, I just love her. And I think I spent more on gas getting there than I did like in what I made, but I got the experience. And that's what that season really taught me was like the value of just committing to something, showing up for yourself, putting in the effort. Like, it was a lot of hard work, but then six months later I was teaching yoga and I was interacting with people and I just, I loved it. And so, yeah, definitely like give yourself a runway, right? Like commit to stay at that job for X number of months or, or find that in-between thing. Like I did Lululemon cause I was like, well, that's kind of the sphere that that athletic sphere that I'm moving towards. So maybe I'll meet some cool people at that job. Right. And just being open. And, and I like to go through this exercise of thinking to myself, like, well, what is the worst that could happen? And so I thought about like, okay, if I stay in this job, the worst thing that happens is like my mental health continues to decline. Like I used to have, this was, this was the moment too, where I should have been like, oh, this needs to change. I used to sit at this one red light and like fantasize about like somebody like tapping my bumper enough that like nobody was hurt, but that like, maybe I didn't have to go to work that day. I was like, oh my gosh, red flag. Like, oh my God, something has to change. And, and, but then just knowing like, okay, like we are in control. Like, and if I stay in this job, like I'm going to continue down a path. I think that's not great. And I was like, well, what's the worst that happens if I change jobs, if I pivot and was like, well, the worst that happens is I fail epically. (laughs) And I go, I go back to the same field again, but in a new job. Right. Like, and I, I save up an emergency fund and all of that. And like, that's the worst that happens. But then I'm like, well, what's the best that happens? Like I make this pivot and I love it. Right. And yeah, maybe it's somewhere in between, but either way, I knew it was better than where I was right then. Uh, I love that. And I think it's so important to share that like messy in between, because Mm -hmm. that's a very real part of the journey. And I think sometimes it's so easy when people see, you know, you on your podcast or us on social media or whatever it is, they see us now, right? And they don't see that messy in between where we were working, whatever job it was, we were getting things going before we're having any income. And, and, and that's like a, it's just, it's, it happens. And that's like, it can be, I love what you said about, you know, with Lululemon is like finding like, well, what's something that's in my field, right? Because I always think about that too. It's like, you know, what's just something that interests you? Like one of the jobs I did was work at a bakery, right? And I just love like, I'm a baker. I have a cookbook. I've, I've done, that was like one section of my life. I did that. But like before that, working in a bakery was one of my, I worked at a bakery and I worked at a cupcake shop and like different parts of my, you know, gig job journey. And they brought me joy. It was like, yes. okay, I didn't think this was like my forever career, but like this brings me joy and it's a fun thing to make some money while I'm doing all this other stuff and figuring it out. Yeah. So what do you see in your work with people? What do you see that's one of the biggest blocks to people living by design and making that mm. choice to shift? I love this question. I would say the biggest thing that I've seen is, and I see it in myself too. I see it in my clients, my listeners. I We prioritize everybody else before ourselves. And I, I don't know if it's, if it's cultural, I don't, you know, I don't know where it comes from, but like, I'm, I'm 33. I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old married to my college sweetheart. Like we're in a really good season right now, but, um, there are times when like the needs of my kids have to come first, or there are times when, 
maybe my husband's working towards like a graduate program and, and he needs to focus time. Right. And so it's, I think it's really easy for us to get lost in, in serving everyone else and, and not just from a good place, right? Like I love my family. I want to give them time. Right. Or, or you spend a lot of time diving into your work or your education, whatever it is, but we do that at the cost to our own personal well-being. Sometimes like we forget, like I'm only human and I need to, right. Like I need to fuel my body with foods that bless it. I need to prioritize my sleep. I need to move my body joyfully, not, not as a punishment, but just as a a joyful expression of movement is good for your health. Right. And I I find myself, even, even myself, the live by design person, right. I I get to the end of the day and I'm like, dang, I kept two humans alive and (laughs) worked on my podcast and talked to my husband and chatted with friends or whatever. And I get to the end of the day and I'm like, did I go for a run today? Like, I'm not sure. So that's the biggest thing I see is, is we, we just give and give and give. And I say on my show a lot, like you can't pour from an empty vessel. And Mm -hmm. so how can you set up some things in your life proactively so that you don't get to the point where you have, you know, quarter life crisis. You don't get to the point where you're just totally depleted. You're completely burnt out and you've you've got nothing left and you just have to get a change. Uh, How can you be more proactive? How can you fill yourself up first so that when you do pour into other people, you're, you're pouring from a place of abundance and not from a place of scarcity. Cause then if you pour into everybody else first, what you get for yourself last is, yeah. is never your best, right? No. Yeah. And it also doesn't, and then you feel it has a negative impact on everybody around you too. Exactly. So it's like, you're not taking care of you. And it's not their responsibility to, to remind you to take care of you. It's lovely if they do, but it's not their job, right? Yep. <laughs> and so everyone needs to be, you know, kind of an advocate for themselves, right? Especially if yeah. you're an adult, obviously you're a kid, you know, whatever. But like, <laughs> if you're an adult, you need to be an advocate for you. And like, I think in relationships, especially you see that, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like 100 and 100, not like 50 and 50, right? Like, each person has to show up hundred percent and they have to take care of their own stuff. They have to make sure that they, you know, are getting their sleep, exercising, eating well, doing the best that they can with whatever's going on so that they can show up better for everyone else. And I think, you know, it, it raises a good point because sometimes what happens is people end up going into that default setting Mm-hmm. And we go in even, even like micro on a micro level and on a macro level, different times when we get into that habit of just kind of getting through the day, yeah. right? Or we just like autopilot it through the day. And mm-hmm. then we wonder why we're feeling so unfulfilled or unsatisfied, right? Yeah. So what are the, what are some of the like tools or tips or, you know, strategies you give people to help? Like if they're like, Ooh, maybe I do this, like how can they get themselves a little back in order? Yeah. You know, I, I, that's such a great question. I think there's a couple of different things we can do. The first thing I always suggest is just finding some pockets of time for yourself. Um, And that looks different for everyone because of the season that you're in. So I have two little kids. And so in the mornings, my husband and I both have a morning routine that we do. And we literally black off two hours in the morning and I take the he takes the first hour and I take the second hour for myself and whoever is doing the morning routine knows that the other parent is watching the kids, like feeding them breakfast, doing all the things. And then that way I get an hour to start my day to just be 
not in reaction mode, you know, and somebody doesn't need a sippy cup, someone doesn't want a snack or a bathroom break. I can just sit and I can meditate. I can do my gratitude practice. I can journal. If I have extra time, I like to read during that time. And that helps me just start my day from a settled place, from a really grounded place and not in that, that reaction mode. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one like pocket of time you can carve out for yourself. And that really only works for us in this season. If my husband and I are both, like you were just saying, equally committed to it because he doesn't get his time. If I don't get my tush out of bed, and like yeah. take care of our kids from six to 7am. Cause they're like little roosters. They're up so early. <laughs> <laughs> and then he watches them for me for from seven to eight. And that works really well for us. For other people, it might look like carving out time over if you have a, like a traditional nine to five job, maybe you carve out time over your lunch break and instead of sitting at your computer and, and watching a video or something, which there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe you take yourself for a walk. And during that walk, you listen to a podcast like this one, or you listen to an audio book, or you, you know, you're getting educated on something, or it could just be something that brings you joy, right? It could be listening to like a fictional book that you really enjoy yeah. and carving out these, these, these times in your day that you have to be kind of selfish about because, if your tendency is to always give your time to other people, you have to commit to this time, like, like put it on your calendar, like put it in your Google calendar, write it on your paper planner, like, and say like, okay, for these five minutes, I'm going to meditate at the end of my work day so that I feel like I'm in a better headspace when I go back home to my family or my friends, right? There's these little things we can start to do. And one thing I always suggest to you is to just start with something that feels, I actually learned this from a past guest of mine. Her name's Amber Bersiki. And she said, what is the next thing you can do that feels light and easy? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. sometimes, right? Like sometimes when we want change, we like, I mean, at least for me, I'm an Enneagram three, everything I do, I'm like, I want to do it huge and big, yeah. and I, you know, <laughs> I create yeah. all, all the lists and oh, like, I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing, and I'm going to do it by tomorrow. Right. And yeah. And that's just not feasible, right? Because when we take on too many things, it doesn't become a habit. And so when life inevitably happens, which it always does, and we don't, you know, it took so much inertia to get started that when you get stopped and you have to start again, it's, it's that much harder. And so instead, like, let's start small. Let's start with like, it could be a really simple thing. Like I've worked with coaching clients who like only drink one cup of water a day and the rest of the day was like diet soda. And I'm like, I'm glad you enjoy diet soda, but like you also need water. Yes. <laughs> so like, that's a super easy place to start. It's like, okay, well, like, let's just start introducing more water into your day. You'll start to feel more energized because you're hydrated. That helps the brain fog lift, like it has so many benefits of drinking water. It's so simple. It's free to do. Right. Yeah. And And then that starts to reinforce these little, these little light and easy decisions start to reinforce the identity you're starting to, to really take on. So if the identity is I'm somebody who prioritizes themselves, like, okay, like, how can you prove that to yourself today? How can you take five minutes to prove that to yourself? And then those, those little decisions over time, they all start to compound. It's not like this tiny little addition, like eventually it's just like this, this, graph that's just going off the charts because all of this time you spent loving yourself and caring for yourself, it compounds. And then, and then you really are, you're like, I am the person, the type of person that cares for themselves. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that's where I usually tell people to start is like, start small and build from there. I love that. And I agree. You know, I think your identity is such a powerful motivator, how you identify. And it even goes, you know, someone like you that has like both a family 
and a business and stuff, right? It's like the one that you identify with most sometimes will be the one that pulls you the most, right? And mm -hmm. so depending on how you want that identity to look, right? Because there's a lot of different ways that that can look. Um, that also kind of gives you this model to distinguish what's a yes, what's a no, right? Yes. If, mm -hmm. you know, I'm someone that like prioritizes, if you're like, okay, I'm a, a mom that prioritizes picking my kids up from school, right? But I also am in a season right now where I'm doing X amount of things for the podcast or whatever, right? You have some work thing, you have some whatever. Then you, then you have like more like tangible things to negotiate, right? Totally. Because you're like, okay, what are my priorities around my identity as a mom? Well, what I think is most important is whatever, I'm making this up, but <laughs> picking the kids up from school, you know, making sure I, like I play with them for an hour a day or whatever it is, right? You have totally. like, a couple of things that are your most important so mm -hmm. that then you also have, you know, what's my most important work-wise, the podcast or whatever it is at that time, launching a new circle, right? Mm -hmm. Then you're like, okay, that's most important. And then, and then I find it gets really clear, right? It's clear where you can create your boundaries because you're like, okay, well, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick her up from school, but then I'm okay with, you know, my husband watching them for two hours so I can do the podcast or whatever. Right. Totally. And you actually end up doing those things that have more of an impact on you. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause it's like all these different things, like kind of weigh differently to us. Right. So you doing yeah. something that you deem is really valuable, um, in whatever area I think is also a really like interesting way of, of designing that and, and shifting that. Totally. I love the saying, like, if it's not a heck yes, it's a heck no. Yeah. And that can, that can really help too. Like to the point that you were just making is like, it makes it really easy to make a really strong yes. And I, I think a lot of living by design is, is protecting your time. It's creating those boundaries you're just talking about and, and being able to say no and knowing that no is a complete sentence mm -hmm. and you don't have to say yes out of guilt or obligation, you know, nurture your relationships, pour into those relationships that are important to your friendships, your family and all of that. But you don't have to say yes to everybody. And, and it's okay to say no, even to the people you love the most, if you need to protect some time for yourself as well. And so I, I love that idea of just like being very clear on on what's important to you and making decisions that are in alignment, alignment with that. It just, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. And so in your journey, after you started your podcast and your business and your coaching, were there any other times where you had to like hold up and like say, well, I need to like do another micro adjustment. I need to like reorganize things here to get back into alignment. And if so, Tell us about it and what you did. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it, it's funny. I have learned since so I started the podcast in July of 2020, like what a 2020 thing to do, right? Like we're home. I, oh, yeah. been on my, <laughs> it had been on my heart for so long to start a podcast. And I was like, well, like I have no excuse now. Like I'm, I can't even go anywhere. So like, I'm just going to do this thing. And since July, 2020, and right now we got to the end of 2020 and our, our home in the DC suburbs had appreciated and we didn't particularly love living where we were. And we knew we wanted to move somewhere a little farther North back. Actually, we moved to our, our adopted hometown. We call it of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. 
my husband and I met at Gettysburg College. So it's a town that we know, we love, we we're coming back to all the time to visit anyways. And we're like, you know what? Like my husband started working t- like telework and all everything I do is on the computer. We're like, let's just move to Gettysburg. <laughs> and so since launching the podcast, we moved, we sold our home. We moved to Gettysburg. We started at a rental because we were like, let's just like figure out, like we've never lived here as adults, <laughs> let alone yeah. adults with, with children. So like, let's figure out where we want to end up. And then we moved again into the home that we own now and we call it our forever-ish home. We're like, I hope we're here like 20 years or more. And so during that season, I, I still had the podcast. I had my coaching clients. I had the LVD collective, but I had to learn that there are seasons to really lean into growing the podcast and, and being in the habit of creating and learning and sharing. And then I also had to learn like, okay, sometimes there are seasons when you have to pack up everything and, and move four humans and a dog twice in like a year span. And, you know, we chose to do that. So it's all great. I'm super grateful for that opportunity, but that had to kind of shift my, my focus for a little while. But I think the thing that I learned through that was like, that was really my messy middle with the podcast was just like, okay, how can I keep showing up? Even if I wasn't able to do it every single week, the way that I wanted to right? Yeah. But how can I keep learning? How can I keep growing so that I do have something to share when I do get a chance to sit down and record. And now we've been in this home almost a year. And since that time, like since January of this year, I've produced two episodes every week and I haven't missed a week. Right. And so that feels really good. And it's just a reminder that like, when you start a journey, seasons change, you know, your time has to be committed differently and not to let that dissuade you. Like if something is really on your heart to do, it's something that brings you joy or excitement, or it's, it's like something that you're just like, I know that I'm here to do this thing. It's okay. If you have to hit pause, sometimes it's okay. If you have to slow down. But I think the most important thing I learned in that was just to, to keep going, you know, because eventually you look up and you're like, oh my gosh, like we're X number of episodes in, or, you know, things are starting to grow or things are starting to pick up or the thing, you know, you've been working towards starts to gain a little bit of traction. And that's when you're like, okay, this was all totally worth it. And I'm really glad I just like kept showing up for myself. Um, I kept showing up when, when it really is just for yourself, no matter what it is, whether you're, you're, I'm a runner. So I'm always talking about running, but like sometimes you're new to running, right. And you're not at a race. There's nobody cheering for you. Right. But you just keep showing up for your training runs. You keep showing up for yourself and the commitment that you made and the confidence that comes and and the self-assuredness that comes from just doing hard things, you know, like Glennon Doyle says, oh, it's so worth it in the end. So yeah, that, I mean, that's a very long-winded answer of like my podcasting journey and just, and just learning to just don't give up. Like if you know that you're meant to do something, make changes, make shifts, but, but don't totally stop. Just keep taking like one step each day. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's really, it's really important because it's true. It's like, we go through these different seasons. Like right now I've been planning for my wedding and my wedding is in June. And then we have the honeymoon after it. And it's like, right now I'm in like, and I have a launch of like my spiritual awakening journal. So I have like all these things going on. We just moved, we bought and moved into a house. So it's like, this has been like a little bit of a crazy, like period for me. Mm -hmm. And the more I lean into just accepting that like, that's what this period is. And like, it's okay. It's not going to be forever. And this period, it's going to need a little bit more attention for like wedding stuff as things get close. Right. And there's other times where I've had to like 
focus more on house things. And, you know, it's kind of like you, you juggle that, but trusting, like you were saying that there are going to be periods where it's like, you're going to like want to dive deep on whatever your creative project is, your work or whatever it is. Right. And there are going to be periods where your attention is going to be pulled other directions. And as long as you're choosing that, right, as long as you're saying, I'm choosing right now to focus on this move, right, and, and it doesn't have to be so black and white, right, I think that's totally. like the, the important thing, sometimes we get into that headspace of like, this or that, and like, the truth is, there's usually some sort of balance, right, it's like, okay, I'm not going to put the pressure on myself to do a weekly episode, but mm-hmm. I'm still going to make sure I get a couple episodes up a month or, you know, do it in the mix because it's something that I want to perpetuate. And yeah, I think that's really, that's really, really beautiful. Yeah. Um, what for yourself was like the biggest, or do you find you, 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 I guess you kind of answered this with the saying that what you struggle with living by design is like with people pleasing, right? And that's, you see a lot with your clients as well. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I find that normally we teach from a place of experience. And so I, I wouldn't say I'm like totally over people pleasing. I think like everything's kind of on like a spectrum. Right. And so uh, there are days when I find myself kind of slipping back into those people pleasing behaviors because they're familiar and they're easy and they're comfortable. Um, But I've done a lot of work in the last couple of years to really I think the, anytime we start to make a shift or a change, the very first step is just awareness, like knowing, oh, I'm people pleasing right now. And so for me, that looked like doing a lot of reading, doing a lot of listening to podcasts and, and listening to books on audible and physical reading to, to learn like, okay, well, what do these people pleasing tendencies look like? How do they show up in my own personal life? And for me, the big takeaway was like in the observing phase was just like, how does it make me feel? Cause I get like a very specific feeling when I'm people pleasing and I'm saying yes to something I don't actually want to do, or I'm committing to a time commitment that I, I don't actually want to make. And so the first step was just kind of observing. And then the second step was learning like, okay, well, how can I navigate those situations in the future so that I can lovingly and kindly create a boundary or just to to say no to things that aren't in alignment for me right now. So I think like I've started to shift away from that. I think maybe my biggest challenge right now is I always have these big audacious goals and reminding myself that the journey is like today right now is important. And so not delaying celebrating, not delaying joy, not delaying all the great things that come with hitting different milestones and things like that. But knowing that it's all part of the journey and not like getting too fixated on a specific goal, but really showing up for myself each and every day with that identity piece as the person that I want to be, and then seeing where that grows. Absolutely. And I think you're, what you were talking about, about designing your day, I think is a big part of that, right? If you consciously design, one of the things I'm always telling people is that you can't get to this like dream goal that you think is going to be amazing Mm -hmm. from like a bunch of miserable days. Like it just doesn't, it won't happen. Right. So you think that, you know, like you're going to get the fame or the success or the money or the man or whatever it is that you think you want. Right. And you think you want it because it's going to make you so happy or it's going to whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And the truth is, 
that you will be who you are when you get there, right? And so if you've been designing your days in a way that fills you up, in a way that brings you joy, in a way that honors your creativity and your passions and how you want to spend your time, then you'll feel joyous on the way and you'll get there and it'll be joyous, right? And if you're doing all the things that, I think another way, it's kind of like people pleasing where I call it like, I don't know, like society pleasing, right? (laughs) You're like doing all the things that you should be doing, right? And then you're gonna, you're feeling crappy because you're just doing what you think you should be doing or what someone's telling you to do or what you saw Linda doing or whatever it is, right? Then like you get to this place that you wanted to go and you still feel that way. (laughs) It doesn't just like flip off. And so I think that that's like what you're teaching around designing your day is so important because your day is your life, Mm -hmm. you know? And if that day is designed in alignment I would say if that day is like designed with the divine guidance Mm -hmm. that you receive that's coming through then that day will lead you to whatever the big audacious goal is because a little bit of that big audacious goal will be in every day right I couldn't say it better myself I you know it's funny like when I think about structuring my my actual day right because like our life is lived in the now, like it really is like it, it is this day right now. And I'm a full-time stay at home mom. And so I watch our little guys from eight to four 30 while my husband works. And then, and when I'm with them, I'm like all in with them. Like we were playing right before we hopped on this call. I was like vacuuming up kinetic sand off the floor (laughs) because we had like a kinetic sand party today. And like, when we're together, like we're just having the best time. Like, I think these kids are just the coolest. And like, I love being their mom, even on the days that I'm like, they're kind of whiny. <laughs> I, just, I love it so much. And so when I'm with them, I am like all in with them. And then at four 30, my husband, he just works upstairs. And so he comes downstairs and I'm like, here are the boys. And then I come down to my office in our basement. And then that's my like two hours every single night. They work on the podcast. I work on the collective. Like I, I pour into this creative side of myself. And when I'm in that mode, I'm all in and it's so rewarding. Right. And then in the evening, if I'm taking time to myself, um, whether that's like a creative project, like I like to sew and paint, sometimes it's watching Netflix and drinking a glass of wine, right? Like Whatever that is. Like, I just, I try to be really present and really enjoy it. Or if I'm doing something with my husband in the evening, like playing a board game or something like just being right there and there's that saying, like, be where your feet are. And I think Mm. there's so much joy in that, right? Like not worrying about, right. Like what Linda's doing. And, and, and I think sometimes on social media, it's really easy to see like, oh, it's greener on the other side or to see somebody who's 10 steps ahead of you and, and feeling envious of that or, or just not feeling great. Right. And so instead, like be in today, find the joy in today, like keep making progress, but like celebrate who you're becoming like on the journey there. Yeah. And so I have a question for you um, around what would you say to someone that's like, okay, the thing that I want to do, like, like, let's say someone's like, oh, it's easy for you two to say, because you're already like doing the thing. So you just schedule your couple hours to do your podcast, do your thing. Mm -hmm. But like, what if right now it feels like 
that thing that I want to do. I don't like have a sample of it in my day. What Mm. advice would you give to them? Yeah, I would say, I would say two things. One is to ask for help. And, and that could be any number of ways, right? It could be like, say you're a mom and you're like, I don't have time because I'm always with my little humans. Well, is there a parent you could ask to help babysit? Is there a grandparent, a neighbor, a friend, right? Can you hire a babysitter? Like what you have to look at your, the resources you have at hand and then get creative with it, (laughs) you know, like, um, so that would be the first thing I would suggest is like, ask for help. And then asking for help could look different too. If, If you're saying, say it's somebody who it's me three years ago and they, they're like, oh, I really want to create a podcast, but I have no idea how. Well, then you can get help in a lot of different ways. I, I bought a course from a podcaster that I listened to that created like a how to start a podcast kind of course. And at that time, my youngest was still nursing and the course was just like a bunch of PDFs basically. And so when he would nurse for bedtime, which took like forever, I would nurse him and just read this course the whole time. And like, that was the progress I made that day. Right. And it was like, okay, I haven't created album artwork, like the fun, pretty things. Right. But like I'm learning, I'm laying the foundation. So the first thing I would say is just like, ask for help. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like asking to help create that space in your day, whatever that looks like is always valuable. The other thing I would say is maybe just like a little bit of tough love. Like if you always find yourself saying like, I'm going to start tomorrow, but then like tomorrow's a Wednesday. So maybe I'll wait for Monday or like, oh, the first of the week is two weeks away. So I'll wait till then. Like, no, like that's what we've been saying this whole time is like your life is right now. So what is like one small step you can take each day? So even if, if you're looking out and you're like, oh, I I, want to have a podcast with like hundreds of episodes and these incredible guests that I get to talk to, there's a lot of value in, in learning and then just starting and, and maybe starting before you think you're totally ready. Like don't go fly an airplane. Don't do surgery, like (laughs) things, things you need training for, like to do that. But generally speaking, most of the things that we're working towards, we can have that messy middle or that messy beginning. Right. And I look back, like I don't delete anything on my, my Instagram, for example. And I scroll back at some of the, like the things I created on Canva two years ago when I was first getting started. And I'm like, Ooh, that's, that's not great, but I keep it there to remind myself, like, well, this is where you started. This is, this was you figuring it out and trying and failing sometimes and learning from that and trying again. And there's a lot of fine tuning that happens in the act of doing and the act of just showing up and learning and, and not getting paralyzed in that preparation phase. Right. Like, I think a lot of times we like to think about like, well, I'll do that thing when I'm perfectly prepared and you're never perfectly prepared, right? Like you, there's always, there's always something that comes up. Right. And so just giving yourself permission to show up imperfectly, there's this great line about how like imperfect action beats perfect in action every day. And so that's the other thing I would tell somebody is like one, ask for help and two, like learn and just start taking action and like learn as you go. Like you might feel like you're, you're like, building an airplane once you're already in flight, (laughs) but like sometimes that's the best way to learn is to just start. Absolutely. I, a thousand percent. I, I think one of my best qualities is my lack of perfectionism because I think it's enabled me to get so much done because Mm -hmm. I didn't wait till it was perfect. 
right? Yeah. I was like, same thing. I don't delete anything. So if you go back on YouTube, you go back on Instagram, you can really like, it's gruesome, you know, <laughs> what things started as, but I didn't care. And it goes back to your other point, especially for anyone that's in that field is that, you know, you got to do it for you. Mm-hmm. You got to do it for you before there's an audience, then eventually the audience will come. But even when the audience comes, you have to keep in doing it for you. You can't let your your feelings about it wave with your audience's like liking or not liking or whatever like that would be a miserable way to live as well and you know just getting all of those were just such great tips and I think you know the first part about asking for help what's really important in that is that in order to get to that step you have to get out of victimhood mm-hmm. right you have to you have to realize that like I'm choosing my Tony Robbins has this quote, it's never a lack of resources, it's a lack of resourcefulness, Mm. right? We often think, oh, if I had more money, I could fix this, right? And it's like, maybe, yeah, but also you have resources, right? So maybe you don't have money to buy a sitter or whatever every single day, but yeah, you have neighbors, you have other moms, you have, you know, your parents, you have friends, like there are people that you could, there's people you could do exchanges with. There's so many creative possibilities out there, right? Maybe there's an after-school program that's free. Maybe there's a program at like your church or your synagogue or whatever, right? Like if you're committed to designing your life, then you will get out of that life is happening to me mode Mm -hmm. and realize that you have that creative control and then start looking for solutions and start figuring it out but it really just takes that shift, you know, to really say, wow, whatever life is like right now, I'm choosing that. Mm -hmm. And if I don't want to choose some part of that, then I need to choose again. Right. And I need to get creative. And I love what you said too, also about the, you know, your breastfeeding, just reading like about the podcast course. And it's, you know, sometimes I'm definitely that kind of person too. Like you were saying, I have big audacious goals and I want to do them all yesterday. And I like just (laughs) want big loads of time where I can do all of that. And, you know, and it's funny because now it's like, it's like my job, my, like this job (laughs) that I designed, (laughs) you know, that I created, like kind of gets in the way sometimes of then like the next thing. Right. (laughs) And, and it's reminding myself in those moments that it doesn't like, sometimes I get into spaces where my creative energy is like clear the schedule. I'm just Mm -hmm. doing this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And like being willing to honor that. But most of the time, it's like you said, being able to say, Hey, like listening to something for me, it's usually like when I'm cleaning the house, right? If there's something else that I'm like working on, right? I'd be like, oh, maybe I'll listen to something about how to do that while I'm, you know, cleaning up after work or something like that, or when I'm on the Peloton or something like that, I'll multitask and, you know, figure out something about that. Or a lot of times, like you were saying, it's when we feel like something is like, I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know how to get there. Like we live in the age of Google, Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't find it on Google or YouTube, you're not actually searching. 
Yeah, you're not trying because there are like a bajillion videos. There's so many, like there's so many things out there. There's likely someone that's had your exact dilemma, right? And likely someone that's wanted to start that same thing. And and mostly there's probably be tons of them you'll have to sort through. But being in that space of being like, you know what? I have no idea what it's like to be a stand-up comedian or whatever, but I really want to be a stand-up comedian or whatever your thing is. Okay, Google, like how to start being a stand-up comedian, right? It may not be like the highest and best advice ever, but it'll give you some energy, some momentum to get going. Um, Okay. Uh, One of my last questions. Um, What is your spiritual practice like and how does your meditation or your spiritual practice, how does that connect with you designing your life? Yeah, I love that. So you know, it's funny earlier, I mentioned my morning routine and that really has become like a spiritual practice for me. Like I will first, I make coffee because I'm like 50% coffee. (laughs) So I get my coffee and I come down, I actually do my morning routine in my workspace, but my rule is that I never turn on my computer. So I literally like my, um, my mouse and my keyboard are wireless. So I, I tuck those away. I get my whole desk space to myself. I light a candle, like, and these sound like little things, but like I'm just trying to make the experience special, right? Like I want to smell the candle because I enjoy it. I want to taste my coffee because I enjoy it. I want to feel like my warm, cozy, I call it my grandma sweater, like my grandma Kate sweater. I put that on and and, and it just gets me in this mode of like, this is my me time. This is my space, like barring somebody needing to go to the ER upstairs. Like I get this whole hour to myself and (laughs) I just make it special. And, and that's what my spiritual practice is, is like carving out that time for myself, honoring it each day and, and just being all in, in that moment, not being distracted on my computer, not looking like I, I use my phone. I like to listen to like meditations during that Mm -hmm. time. And so I'll use my phone for that, but I'm like, no Instagram, no email, like all the fun things. I'm like, they're all distractions during that time. And so just spending time with myself and, and journaling and getting all the thoughts out of my head and practicing gratitude is a huge part of my spiritual practice. Cause I find that, um, in the act of practicing gratitude, I end up experiencing a lot of joy Mm -hmm. and I have a lot of, um, I just end up loving people even more because I love But you know, when you write a gratitude, like I write down five things I'm grateful for. And, and I'm always like, wow, I'm really grateful to like my husband, Dennis, for this thing or for this experience with my kids or for this friend or, you know, whatever it is. And, oh, you just like come out of that practice with so much abundance in your heart. And you're not thinking about lack. You're thinking about like all these incredible things that you already have in your day to day. And so I would say like that time is really like my, my special, like spiritual practice. And, and with all that said, like there has to be some flexibility to that. Like once a week, usually I do, this is like, so dorky. I call it a sunrise bath because it's like seven in the morning, (laughs) but I'll skip my downstairs routine. I bring my coffee upstairs and I, we have like this big soaker tub and I'll just take like a super luxurious bath. And I'm like, oh, that sounds epic. It's so I nice. <laughs> like, sure. Like, it's, seven you. it's brilliant though. The rest of the day, I'm like, oh, I'm so mellow. Like, I've just <laughs> started my day in the bathtub, but like, it's so nice. And I just, and so just like the spiritual practice for me is like having that time for myself, 
and honoring that time that I've set aside and, and showing up for myself the way that I can that day. You know, if I'm, if I'm really sad about something, maybe it looks a little different. Maybe I meditate longer that day, or I journal more that day. Um, and so, you know, it can kind of ebb and flow, but those are, those are really like the, the core tenets of my spiritual practice right now. And, and it's cool to see how it changes over time. Yeah. I love, I love what you said about, and you mentioned it a few times throughout the um, interview. And it's one of the things I literally just, just talking to my master and about is how you set the stage with your spiritual practice every day so that you entering the day from a place of abundance, mm-hmm. right? From that place of deciding from that place of abundance. And I think that that's so huge because you know, one of the things I, I like drill into them is that don't do anything from a place of lack, right? Mm-hmm. If you're, if you go down into that space where you're in like scarcity or lack, okay, if you're human, it's going to happen, but like stop, drop, realign, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> before you take that next step. And I think, you know, that is, um, I think that's what our sacred practices are for, right? It's to be able to get yourself into that space because that's the other thing it's like when you're doing that when you're the magic is in you're taking that time for yourself that hour a day whether you're in the bath or you're doing your meditations or you're journaling or whatever it's and I love lighting the candle I'm a big fan I always have like candles and crystals and and it's more so for that exact reason just to make it special right it's to like set the stage so that this is like a sacred moment and it's not just another time that I'm like sitting in this room right yeah and I think when we are in that space of let me create this whatever container I need this time for myself that fills up my cup that puts me in that space of abundance whether it's through gratitude or appreciation or just like peace and relaxation however you get there then every decision that you make after that right is from that place right then at the end of that when you're going into your day and you're looking like what's on my agenda what do I want to get done you're making those decisions from your highest self right you're making those decisions from the best version of yourself and so therefore you know, those days will continue to add up and get you to whatever the big audacious goal is because your higher self knows that that's the game plan anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You know, I've been studying habits a lot recently and there's this idea of keystone habits and they're like the first domino that falls. That's a positive habit that then influences the rest of your day. And so like my morning routine, like is my spiritual practice it so happens that my spiritual practice is my keystone habit because it's, it's so funny. Like I have that time, I get centered with myself. I get grounded. I'm coming from a place of abundance and gratitude and joy. And it's like the wildest thing. Like I'll leave that time and I'll make like, like, I love like a really healthy breakfast smoothie. Like it just works really well for me. And the days I do my morning practice, like my spiritual practice, my morning routine, I always make a smoothie. I'm like, I feel great. I want to fuel my body with something that blesses it. Like, this is awesome. (laughs) The days that like our kids were up all night or they didn't sleep. And so we like, we throw in the towel in our morning routine. I'm eating like horribly like, and you know, food isn't good or bad, but like, you know, I'm I'm like, I'm not making like my highest self is not making these decisions. And, you know, it just, it starts that domino effect. And so then like I drink the smoothie and I feel really good. So then 
like, okay, like I'm going to take the kids to the park this morning. And like today I took my kids to the park and I knew while we were there, they would, they love this one playground. There's a sandbox. And I knew I could take 40 minutes while we're there, keep an eye on them. I could also like pull up my Peloton app and like do a 20 minute strength, like body weight strength training class and five minutes of core and a 10 minute stretch, you know, and I could fit all of these things in. And so, you know, and then I do my movement. So I feel really good. And then I'm like, okay, it's time to make lunch. I want to make something that feels really good. Like I'm going to, you know, make this really healthy salad and I'm going to have this delicious rice thing on the side. Right. And it really does. Like it just starts those dominoes throughout the whole day. And it's, it's crazy how that again, just accumulates over time. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's, it's so true. It's like, I noticed the same exact thing, like how I start my day, especially with the food It's totally with food too. Yep. And like just decide <laughs> those. And, and I think that's also just a great takeaway for anyone that's listening. If you ever feel like overwhelmed, trying to like overhaul everything, mm-hmm. like just start with one thing. And I often think like a morning practice is the best thing to start with just because it kicks off your whole day. So yep. you, if you make those few choices in the morning, that signal to your brain, like we're taking care of ourselves, we're, you know, we're in that, then you don't even have to worry about the other decisions as much because the domino, the momentum of it will, will help you make those decisions too. So just starting with that one thing and letting yourself build some momentum on that, I think is huge. Yeah. Uh, It's so cool. Oh my God, Kate, this has been awesome. So many juicy rememberings and tips and where can people find more about you? And I'll put the link obviously to our podcast that we'll do together and all of your links to social, but is there any other things you want to call out for people? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, I'm everywhere online at Miss Kate House because apparently there's another Kate House out there and she beat me to it. <laughs> um, so I'm there on Instagram. That's what my website is. I'm the podcast, the Live by Design podcast. And yeah, those are all the places to connect with me. I just try to share, I try to share some of these tangible things, right? Like morning routines and habits, but I also love to talk about joy and gratitude and how they're connected. And I just like to explore all the things about life that allow us to live by design. And, and that's really what, you know, what's on my heart to do. And so you can come hang out with me over on social. That's a really great place to connect with me over on Instagram. You'll find lots of reels with my kids in them because I need, anytime I'm recording a reel, they're like, I want to dance with you. I'm like, okay. Hi, you're in. Uh, kind of like Carl. Carl yes, exactly. I'm doing a video. Carl's like, hi, where's my cameo? And I'm like, gosh, such a, such a diva. <laughs> too, too cute. Well, I'm glad he was able to join us today, but this was such a pleasure for me. You are just such a light and such a love and just share so much goodness with the world. So thank you for letting me just be a very small part of that today. Oh my God. Of course, it was my honor to have you. And I'm so excited for our conversation on your podcast.